This is episode number 17 of the High Impact Leaders Podcast, your shortcut to personal growth and career success. everybody. Welcome to episode number 17 of High Impact Leaders. I'm Doug Stannard, CEO of the Leaders Institute, and this is the podcast that helps people just like you acquire leadership and management skills to improve your careers and facilitate dynamic growth in your business. On this episode, I'm going to share with you a few tips to creating better, more interactive and productive meetings from remote teams. I'm also going to show you a few things that we've learned that may make you want to continue to implement a few of these remote meeting techniques, even when your teams come back to the office. So the podcast is brought to you by the Leaders Institute. And just as an FYI, we've had a huge number of people and companies request virtual training programs from us. And we're seeing some, some absolutely fabulous results from uh, online virtual training. And in fact, on my other podcast, on the Fearless Presentations podcast, I just finished up a series on how to conduct more effective virtual meetings. So if you want more details about some of the techniques that I talk about here on this podcast, make sure to search for Fearless Presentations on your podcast app. In addition to that, for those of you who are coming back to your office, um, we've got a special workshop called Business Re Reboot 2020. Easy for me to say, Bu Business Reboot 2020. And it's designed to help companies get back to work in a post-COVID-19 world. You know, for instance, many managers are having a little difficulty getting their teams to actually come back into work. You know, we're hearing things like, oh, but we're much more efficient when we're working from home. Well, the Business Reboot helps leaders reduce the fear and anxiety that team members are, are feeling and, and helps you get the enthusiasm back from your team. So if you'd like details on any of these programs, just visit our website at leadersinstitute.com or email us to request information at info at leadersinstitute.com. Com. All right, so let's get on with today's topic. So on this episode, I'm going to share with you the five secrets to success in remote collaboration. And I'll give you a quick overview and then we'll cover each one of them in a little bit more detail. So the first one is what I call the power of groupthink. You know, when teams, teams collaborate, the, a lot of times they're going to the, increase the creativity and that in, that creativity increases sometimes exponentially. The second one is as the team leader, you have to fight the urge to dominate the remote meetings because that actually stifles the creativity that you're trying to increase. And then when collaboration as, when you're collaborating as a team, you want to start with what I call green light thinking before you move to red light thinking. We'll kind of explain that as we go. And then uh, toward the end, I'll show you a few remote collaboration tools that make this process a whole lot more efficient. And then finally, the last thing we're going to talk about is how if you use mini teams and breakout rooms, it allows the leaders within your team to, to come to the surface and it actually increases their leadership skills. So let's talk about the very first one, the power of groupthink. Um, so when teams collaborate, that creativity increases exponentially. Anytime you get minds together to solve a problem, you're going to increase that creativity. And each of us has our own experiences, our own stereotypes, our own background. And as a result, we tend to see things a specific way based on the expectations that we have. When we add a second person to the process, new possibilities develop because that new person doesn't have the same experiences or expectations. So two people working to solve a problem increases the chances of finding a solution more than either one of those people 
trying to tackle that problem alone. One of the best movie adaptations of this process is, is in the movie Apollo 13. I know that's, it's fairly old now, but um, I still remember seeing from, from that movie. It was, um, and there was an, if you don't know the, the story of Apollo 13, there was an explosion on a rocket. It caused the three astronauts that were in the rocket to have to cram into the two man uh, lunar capsule for the rest of the trip to get, try to get back home. And they were running out of oxygen and supplies were really limited. So the engineers back at NASA had to come up with a way to filter the air using just the equipment in the capsule. In fact, I, I'm going to, I'm going to pull up that um, scene if I can, I'm going to see if I can find that on YouTube and, and link that or, or pull it up. So it's in the show notes. Um, but basically what, what in the scene, the leader of, of this team empties a box of just ra- looks like random items onto a table in front of his team. And then he's, and he holds up two filters and one of the filters is square and one's round. And he, he looks at his team and he says, we have to find a way to fit this, the square filter into a hole made for this, the round filter using only these. And he points to all the items on the table. And it's hard to say if a single person would have come up with the solution that they came up with, but the team did, they found a way to bring those three astronauts back home. So I, um, so that's something that's really important is that when you get the, the power of groupthink behind you, you can solve, you can tackle some really, really complex problems. And it typically works a whole lot better than if e- any single person on your team tries to tackle that by him or himself or herself. So the second tip is as the team leader, you got to fight the urge to dominate the remote meeting because this will actually stifle the creativity that you you're trying to create in that using that first tip. So when you're leading a remote team, it's much, 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 much more difficult than leading a team in an office. In fact, leading a remote team is, it's, it's so more difficult when when a team is in a meeting room Communication is much easier. Not only are we communicating with our words, but team members are also, they, they see our facial expressions and the actions, the movements, the, the gestures. On a virtual meeting, a lot of that communication process is, is muted. You basically just hear the, the voice and you may see the facial expression, but not a whole lot else. A whole lot else. So when we're leading a virtual meeting, we, we may not get that feedback and the input that we, that we need or that we're used to if we're used to, to doing in-person meetings. Um, what, what many leaders will do is they're, they're, they try to fill in that dead space by just continuing to talk. And I'll give you a personal example. I mean, this is kind of sad, but this is where I came from anyway. So years ago, when I started the Leaders Institute, we, we, we started out as a virtual company. We were a, we, all of us, everybody that worked for the Leaders Institute was, for the most part, in a totally different state. And um, we thought it would be a good idea to have a weekly conference call. And this was before Zoom and FaceTime and all the group chatting things and that kind of thing. So we did this via telephone. And the first week, by the way, it was awesome. It was great. Many of the team members had never met each other. And I had each person just introduce themselves. And, and after the introduction, I had the team tell the, the group what projects that they were working on. And the meeting was just fantastic. It felt like, I mean, we actually felt like a warm team. Year, about a year later, the calls were totally different because <laughs> I basically what would happen by, uh, within a year was I'd speak for five to 10 minutes, given updates to the team. And then I'd, I'd set aside time for the team members to update us on what they were working on. And I'd say something like, so let us know what you guys are working on. And then I'd wait. 
and there would be dead silence and I'd wait a little longer and there was still silence. And since the silence was too uncomfortable, I'd just start talking again. And it got to the point where every one of those weekly conference calls that we were doing, it was basically just me talking. Uh, it, the meetings became a chore, not only for me, but for everybody else, because it, you know, I like to think of myself as being fairly entertaining, but you know, I mean, some, if I'm, they weren't. Right? So the, the fun was really gone. Um, the only thing that changed though was me. Early on, I positively encouraged the interaction. And when team members added to the conversation, I praised them. In the latter calls though, it just seemed easier to do the talking myself. So you, you got to be careful. Don't fall into that trap with, with, with the technology today, by the way, it's much easier, you know, with zoom and, and the instant chats and stuff like that, that, that we have, it's a whole lot easier to create that interactive environment, but you want to encourage your team to turn their cameras on when you're, when you're doing those, those, those meetings, um, send them an agenda ahead of time showing what you're going to be covering and what they need to be prepared to discuss. And if you do those things then you'll, you'll have much better remote collaboration in the process. So the third tip is when you collaborate as a team, you want to start with what I call green light thinking before you move to red light thinking. So as, a, as your team begins to share ideas, be careful not to quash their creativity before it gets started. So there are basically two different types of, I mean, there's 150 gazillion types of responses, but they fall into two genres. When somebody is giving you a new idea or when a, when a person is bringing a new, a new idea to the table, the first way is what we call red light thinking, and that's where we're trying to judge the effectiveness of the idea. We want to test the idea. Green light thinking, on the other hand, is when we want to just increase the number of ideas. The goal is to get more ideas on the table before we start to judge them. Our nature, by the way, is to be more judgmental than accepting. So as a result, we often listen to ideas with kind of a red light focus in, in our brains. So unfortunately, when, when we do this early, especially in the early stages of collaboration, then the ideas tend to stop. You know, no one wants to be judged by the boss. So one thing that you can do is set aside a short period of time to just voice ideas or better yet, use some of the remote collaboration tools that we're going to talk about in a few minutes um, to generate the ideas. And during this initial time period, encourage team members to not be critical or judgmental. If you catch a team member slipping into the red light responses, you know, just say something like, Hey, for now, let's focus on just getting more ideas on the table. We can determine what the best ideas are later. Typically that will encourage more ideas and you'll get more, you'll get more, concepts to to kind of work with as you start to do the judgmental part. So now that we got the the groundwork for for ways to improve the collaboration on these meetings, let's talk about some of the collaboration tools that are now available that can make the process way more efficient. Because if you want to collaborate remotely, we live in a fantastic age to do that. The technology of, available to us just makes this process so much easier. Um, it, and by the way, it also documents the solutions for a future reference. So here, I'll just cover a few of the favorites that, that these are the ones that we use around my office. And um, I'm sure there's a gazillion others that I'm leaving out, but these are the ones that, that are kind of top on the list. The first one is Google Drive or basically any type of cloud sharing service is, will probably work. But we tend to use Google Drive just because um, we've got a lot of of um, employees and, and contractors that work 
for the Leaders Institute that have different platforms. So some are Apple people and some are PC people and some are not technical people at all, but everybody's got access to Google. And that's, so that's kind of why we use that particular service. I'm not sure if it's the best, but it's the one that we use and, and that's why. But it allows a remote team to share and store documents. I mean, it does a lot more than that, but that's, that's one of the main things that it does. So years ago, when my company was entirely virtual, one of the most frustrating problems was sharing and storing documents. Um, and uh, so I'll give you a couple of examples. You know, we teach hundreds of classes every year. So our brochures have to be updated every month or two just to make sure that the schedule is up to date. And our sales team also needs to know what instructors that we have that are available, you know, the, which ones are scheduled for classes already, which ones are free. So if we get a new contract or, or if they're putting out a, a proposal, they need to kind of know what instructors are available. So in the past, we basically just used the, we used to send the brochure out by email to the entire team every time we updated it, which was, you know, about once a month or so. And then in addition to that, every Monday we'd send out a calendar. It was just a, a, an email that had a list of all of the different scheduled events that we had for, from here to the future. And, and we'd send that out every Monday. And the process, process worked pretty well. <laughs> that is, except when someone happened to miss an email or if two salespeople decided to book the same, quote unquote, open instructor for two different classes on the same day. You know, if we're only getting those updates once a week, things, you know, things are going to get missed. And so it, 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 was, it created some pretty significant challenges for the company. Well, Google Drive fixed all that because the, the brochures now are shared documents. So if we change a date on the schedule, if we have to change a, a class date for one reason or another, uh, or um, if we have to um, uh, cancel a class or whatever it is, we just update, update that on the shared document that's, that's in the, the Google Drive and the entire team has instant access to it. They don't have 15, they don't have to go back and search through tons of emails that they've had in the last, you know, six weeks looking for that one that has the most current brochure on it. Um, the calendars are also shared in the cloud as well. So at any given moment, a team member can look to see what other team members are available on any given day. Um, so it's, it's really, it's, it's um, one of those things that has helped um, just immensely help us become more organized uh, in, a, in a very powerful way. The second one, the second tool that we use a lot is Zoom. Um, in fact, I'm using Zoom right now to record the audio and video for, for, this, um, for, the, for this broadcast. Uh, and it, there's just so many uses for Zoom, uh, and it really improves communication during that team collaboration. N many of you have likely had a crash course in Zoom meetings over the past few months. And in fact, many of you are probably wishing that you would never, ever have to attend another Zoom meeting ever by now. And, and if you are, make sure that you focus on some of the earlier tips that we talked about. But if you're like me and you cut your teeth in the age of conference calls, then you realize how big a breakthrough that visual meetings are. So much of the communication process takes place with the eyes. Um, you can watch the facial expressions and the movement of the person. Each of, each of these things helps reduce miscommunication. And as a result, it, it makes your, your Zoom meetings become more interactive. You can, you can increase communication very, very effectively. 
So it's, it's a, it's a big breakthrough. Um, we've done a couple of sessions. If you, uh, if you want to, uh, to get more information about ways that you can use zoom, uh, make sure and go to the fearless presentations podcast, just open up iTunes, whatever to use for your podcast type, um, type of it in fearless presentations in the search bar. And it'll give you some, some details about, um, some things that we're using zoom for right now. The next tool uh, that that has kind of changed the way that we do do business is Slack. So Slack eliminates internal email and chats, and it documents your team activity. And and I gotta say, this is one of the best remote collaboration tools of all time. We absolutely love this tool. In the past, if I were emailing back and forth with a team member, the team member and I were the only ones who could see that conversation. So I'd find myself sending group emails and then one person with a question hits reply all and then it bogs down the email or, um, or sometimes what happens is we get into a discussion and something that's important because folks aren't going to read through six reply all emails. They may miss something that's important. Um, and, and the worst is like the group chats. You know, if, if you've ever been added to a group chat that keeps going on and on and on, it doesn't really concern you at all. It can be really annoying, but, but Slack fixes a lot of this. So Slack is, it's like a combination email service and chat service. And um, the discussions, though, are divided into what they call channels based on topic. For example, you know, the marketing department might have a few different channels. One channel might be new social media projects that they're working on. Another channel might be current marketing brochures. A, a final channel might be internal communication between the marketing team members about their internal marketing projects. So if a salesperson with, within your, your, your team wants to see what social media posts were, are going to be released this week, then she could just go to that channel. She doesn't have to email anyone. She doesn't have to call anyone. She doesn't have to search through endless numbers of emails trying to figure out what would that person put into the subject line if they were talking about the social media stuff. And, and it, it just makes it so much easier. Um, and it, it's, a, it's, it's so much more efficient and it's easy. We also, um, the cool thing about, one of the other cool things about Slack is that it also allows you to link other remote collaboration tools like Google Drive and Zoom that we talked about before um, with Slack. So when marketing updates a brochure, they just add a, they, they, they put that updated brochure on Google Drive using the same link that was there before. So they just update the same link that was there before, but then they post that link into the brochure channel so that if somebody doesn't actually have that link or if they're new to the company, they have access to it right away and they know that it's been updated and when it's been updated and why it's been updated and all that kind of stuff. So really cool things. Um, so I would encourage you to not only, you know, experiment with those collaboration tools, but there's so many things out there now that makes our job so much easier that look for tools that will help you get better results when you are collaborating remotely with your team. So the last one that we're going to cover are what I call mini teams, or um, if you're using Zoom, you can call these the breakout rooms. They, they allow the leaders within teams to, to come to the surface, to rise to the surface, and they also increase leadership skills among your team members. So that, remember that as a team leader, you don't have to be the only leader of your group. A better strategy is to create mini teams or use the, the breakout rooms in Zoom to make your remote collaboration more interactive. This is the technique that we use when we conduct our virtual team building activities. We're getting so much great success and feedback from the virtual team building activities that, that we're doing now as a result of COVID-19 because of this 
particular aspect of them. Um, the bigger the remote team is, the less likely team, team members are to interact with each other or the leader on meetings or in meetings in these, in these remote meetings. Now, for instance, if you've got, if you're doing a one-on-one -on -one meeting with someone, either virtually or in person, you're, you're going to likely have a fairly balanced conversation. <laughs> However, if you have five people meet, the odds that each of those five people will, will participate equally or effectively is going to drop. Um, you increase that number to 10 and the collaboration drops even more. So a good fix to this challenge is to use the breakout rooms in Zoom or to create mini teams within your, within your other meetings. I know that's one of, we work a lot with uh, Microsoft. That's one of the things that the Microsoft Teams folks do. Um, they use Microsoft Teams, but then if they're, when they're in a big meeting, let's say there's 30 people or 40 people in, in their big meeting, then they just assign them to other breakout rooms through, through Teams. And so you can use this with other different technologies as well. Um, but, but for instance, when we conduct a live, our, our virtual team building sessions, the things that we're doing now for, for a lot of our client companies, let's say there's 20 people in that, in that Zoom meeting that we're doing. The first thing that we'll do is we'll divide them into breakout rooms with just one other team member. So we'll share information with them, we'll, we'll teach them something, but then we'll have them partner up with a single person to kind of discuss it or to uh, practice that, that skill, whatever it is that we're, we're teaching them at the time. And so it's much easier for them to be interactive with each other because there's only two people, right? So it's, it's less risky, um, less of a challenge. Uh, and this basically is training the participants to interact with each other. Um, if they're, if, you know, like for instance, if there's only two people meeting, it's easier to get both of them to communicate with each other. And then later in the meeting, we send them to the breakout rooms with two other people. So now there are three people in that, that meeting, that breakout room. And so we're, we're increasing the complexity a little bit each time. And then later on, we'll, we'll have five team members in the, in the room. So we'll go from three to six people in the room. So this technique makes it easier for remote team members to collaborate. It also teaches the team members how to collaborate. So if you're doing that on your weekly meetings or on your team meetings, it's going to, it's going to continue to teach them the skill of how to collaborate more as a group. And so I would encourage you to, to do that in your team meetings. Now, these tools and techniques, they work so well that you should probably use them in the office when you come back, right? So um, if, if, they, if, they, if they're going to work for your team when your team is remote, you might try it when they come back to the office. The reason why is because in a lot of cases, if you're discussing this information via Slack or if you're delivering meetings uh, via Zoom, there are recordings that are made of that. So if somebody happens to miss a meeting, bang, now you can send them the meeting and they can, they can, they don't have to watch the whole thing. They can kind of skim through it to make sure that they're getting the gist of it. Um, if we're using Slack to catalog the, the new ideas or to brainstorm ideas now, uh, when we're, when we get to the point where we're trying to implement those ideas, it's all in writing and everybody has access to it. They can actually see it. So it improves that communication pretty dramatically. So whether you are continuing to do things on a remote basis or coming back to the office, I would encourage you to use a lot of these tools and these tips to make your teams more effective at collaborating, especially when they're remote. We'll see you next week on the High Impact Leaders podcast.